SAFM, leading the conversation. SMS SAFM now on 41391. Songhe Zoma on SAFM. Good evening, Michelle. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hello, Michelle. Way. Way. Hello, Michelle. Well, I do confirm that I spoke to Michelle some five minutes ago, so whatever the technical challenge is there, it's not something we will not be able to sort out. So let me just quickly read her biography so that we can hit the ground running when she does join us in the next minute or two. Started a career in 1987 as Michelle, when being a businesswoman was, of course, relatively new. Think 1987 and politically what was going on in the country. She was one of three women who had been hired as an article clerk at as it was then known, PricewaterhouseCoopers, now PwC. She would go on to management positions and actively change recruitment policies, ensuring that 50% of its auditors were women. Having joined PwC, she then went on to join a new venture with First Corp Merchant Bank, and following that, the restructure 1995, she took over the business, providing corporate finance and listing services to entrepreneurial businesses for what would be another six-year period. I understand she's now on hold. So take us from what happened in 2001 then, Michelle, when you joined RK Group and started the sponsor business with RK. 2001, your career, please. Yes, thank you, uh, Sangeeta. Um, yeah, in 2001, I actually joined RK because um, I just had uh, given birth to my first son, so I decided to be responsible and get a job. Um but then I started the sponsor division because I'd had six years of experience um, in corporate finance and listings. And um, a couple of years later, I was offered a shareholding in the sponsor business. And uh, later on, also uh, took over the um, company secretarial side of the business as well, which provides support uh, services to listed companies. Um, and we basically built that business uh, from from uh, no clients, obviously, to to a reasonably large client base for um, uh, sponsor clients. Um, I think at one stage we had about uh, 20, 25 uh, listed clients. Um, and in 2013, um, a couple of the people in the group who managed the different businesses um, did an MBO, and uh, we then rebranded to to Arbor Capital. And um, recently, um, due to the ill health of uh, um, the rest of us, decided to to part ways and go on our own. So um, I now have 100% shareholding uh, in the sponsor and designated advisor business and the company six share business, but still with the same team. Some of the guys that I've worked with uh, for the last 18 years, um, they they are still with me. We're talking about an organization that has been involved with capital raising, new listings and corporate finance activities, particularly acquisitions and disposals in the regulatory environment. I mean, this is corporate and commercial stuff proper. In other words, when we talk about the state of South Africa's economy, you are the one that relates with this because ultimately you are there at the transactional level and and you can follow the trends that are taking place where the money is. Yes, I mean, I, I really enjoy um, what I'm doing because obviously our focus is entrepreneurs. And I think when you're an accountant you, and an auditor, you often 
um, looking at things that have happened in the past. And one of the really great things that that I enjoy is actually helping um, people and companies get to the next level and to to raise capital, to grow, you know, to achieve to achieve their dreams. And um, not everybody's suited for listing, but um, you know, some for the growth uh, cycle of some companies, listing is the right thing. Um, and uh, you know, there's lots of benefits um, of being listed. But being able to help those guys get to the next level and achieve objectives and and that growth and uh, you know springboarding them to a new level it's it's very rewarding. Let's talk about now the real game changer and it had nothing to do with what was happening in the boardrooms or in the offices of Acacia Cap Advisors. It was happening inside your body, something that affects many in our society, but particularly in the context of breast cancer women. How did that happen? How did it unfold? How did it affect you mentally, physically, at home, as well as socially? Um, Look, I think... um Everybody experiences um, uh, some kind of challenge or, or illness or something that happens in, in the, the home environment big impact on you. Um, my uh, breast cancer was diagnosed at the beginning of 2015. But a couple of years earlier, um, I'd had an incident with my youngest son which, uh, you know, where he had a, a brain hemorrhage um, and a, quite a rare condition called an AVM, arterial venous malformation. So that was, that was a real uh, stress, stressful situation for me. Uh, when I was then facing a, a breast cancer diagnosis, um, because of what I'd gone through with my, my son, it was actually easier to deal with because it was my body um, and, uh, you know, you, I could actually take decisions and, on, on how to deal with it. So uh, it was quite surprising because it's quite matter of fact. And um, so when I was diagnosed, it was my left breast uh, that had uh, a tumor. Um, and uh, I just basically said, okay, um, where do we go from here? And uh, that, was, that was when I was actually referred to, to Professor Carol Bang. Um, and that was the next part of my journey. But um, so it was quite surprising that you know I didn't I didn't really get angry. Um, I didn't get upset. Um, I, I decided to deal with it. Um, and and I'm very much even I think in dealing in in business I'm very much it is what it is. So let's let's establish what the facts are and where do we go from here. So I think my business. Life actually helped me in dealing with um, with the breast cancer, and um, and in what I was experiencing, it was actually quite um, yeah. It, it was like a, a, a huge event, but I was quite lucky in in my diagnosis. Um, you know, so I didn't have to go through chemotherapy and things like that. But mm. yeah, it was. I think it was a big big shock for my husband. Um, we didn't tell the kids immediately. Um, you know, we wanted. I'm very much wanting to find out facts and and be able to, you know, tell people very matter of fact. You know, how, what the next steps are. So, you know, it was a, a period of fact finding and and 
going and getting opinions and second opinions, doing research, you know, on what was out there. Um, while the sure. Harrowing stuff. Imagine being the husband. First, it's nearly your child, and then you start thinking about your child and wife at the same time. Imagine being Michelle. First, it's my child, and now it's potentially me. Imagine being the child. It could have been me, now it could be my mother. Some heavy days in the Creston of household, and only Michelle could have survived it all, and she now lives to tell the tale. 0891-104-207. Please call her after the break. She is on the line for another five minutes because her story dovetails with her journey to full fitness, and she has already mentioned the name of her guest, Professor Carol Ann Ben. She herself is no stranger because we have hosted her before on a Monday, Health on Monday segment, and this was sometime last year. After the break, we continue in introducing to you our takeover guest this evening, Michelle Krastanov. She has already alluded to her corporate experience. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Acacia Cap Advisors. After the break, we're talking breast cancer and we're talking about lived experiences. Your lived experience. 891 Please dial. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomabete on SAFM. A couple of minutes remain of the conversation with Michelle Krastinov, Chief Executive Officer, Acacia Cap Advisors. Her journey with breast cancer, she's a survivor, she's a mother, she's a chartered accountant, and of course, she is a corporate big week, so don't stuff around with her. Cancer found out quite the hard way. The early stages of your journey then, uh, Michelle, before you have a conversation with Carol and Ben, who can then possibly, with you having an engagement with the listeners at home, the early stages and then fast forward the end of the cycle, what you attribute your victory over what many have fallen prey to? Um, I think it's basically... There's a couple of things. One is um, to get uh, proper um, proper treatment, proper advice. Uh, have a positive attitude. Um, I have a colleague and, and friend in the office who also was suffering from breast, breast cancer at the same time that I was. And um, uh, she, we both basically decided that we were going to manage the cancer and that cancer wasn't going to manage us. Um, so we would dictate the terms. And uh, she had a, a, a tougher time than what I had because she had uh, an lumpectomy um, and the full-on radiation and chemo because um, she had a very aggressive form of breast cancer. Um, and, and she was an absolute champion. And, you know, I, I actually look up to her as well. She's part of my team. And, um, you know, it's about really not, not letting it get you down and trying to do your best. Um, and, uh, yeah, take the challenges, but get the right assistance, get the right advice, get the right support. Let's take a call quickly, Michelle, from Colin in Cape Town. I would imagine Colin is going to call. I don't see any other calls coming through at this point. So after Colin, you're going to reply, and then we're going to end this particular segment of me introducing you to the listenership on the viewpoint after which the show, in the truest sense, will be yours. Colin, good evening. Thanks for calling. And I would like to ask your guest, once you have um, had um, the cancer and you are sort of cured, is there any fear it will come back? That's all I want to ask. Um, do you live in fear that um, 
are now uh, clean? Are you told it could come back or something like that? No, I mean. Excellent. Short and sweet. Thanks, Colin. Michelle? Yes. Um, it, it doesn't actually enter into my like daily thoughts and that. I think that, um, you know, with, with uh, breast cancer, you normally have to take uh, tamoxifen for, for five years afterwards. Um, and that stops or helps to stop the, the spread of the cancer because it can actually spread into other parts of your body. Um, but there's a lot of, um, uh, a lot of knowledge that has been gained over the years and very few people actually die or have to die of breast cancer nowadays. Um, and, and there's been so many developments. So, so I don't actually live in fear. Um, I don't think about it very much, to be perfectly honest. Um, except, you know, if you come across people, you know, you can share your experience and, and try to encourage them. Um, but there's there's so much technology and so many good people. Even, you know, in South Africa, there's really good people here and and cancer does not have to be a death sentence. Finances. Um, one of the listeners wants to find out about finances in relation to the treatment process thereof. Yeah, of course, you didn't have to go through chemotherapy, which really could have dug a hole in the pocket, so to speak. But in your case, mm-hmm. how did you find that? And how would that compare to the typical South African who is faced with similar medical challenges? Um, look, I had a, a good medical aid. Um, it was I was insured with the discovery. Um, so most of the costs were, were actually picked up. Um, some of the reconstruction costs were not picked up. But I, I um, had a mastectomy or double mastectomy. So some of the later reconstruction uh, costs weren't picked up. Um, but if I could, um, I mean, I also need to uh, compliment my uh, my insurance advisor who convinced me about 18 months before I was diagnosed uh, to take out dread disease cover. So that also helped. Um, but my colleague uh, similarly had, had cover, um, you know, in terms of the medical uh, cost because it, it can be uh, very expensive, particularly with the chemo and, and the radiation. Um, but there are also um, some very good programs that, that are done. And I know that particularly Professor Ben has a um, program where she actually doesn't, if, if people don't have medical aid, she actually does help them out in, in another hospital. And, uh, you know, so, so yes, but if I could maybe recommend that people do take out uh, dread disease cover um, because it pays out very quickly. And, um, you know, you can actually, uh, you know, be incapacitated for a while and um, it, it, it certainly helps to cover some of those bills. Okay, let's take it further then. Let's say hello to a listener who is tuning in for the first time. Her words. Good evening to you, Lisa Zawabi in Pretoria. Thank you so much for your support. Bring another, We have a tradition on the show. You listen for the first time. The following day, you bring a friend, so to speak. Nonetheless, that was the preliminary conversation we were having with Michelle Krastanov, Chief Executive Officer at Acacia Cap Advisors, a breast cancer survivor, a corporate bigwig, so to speak. She is now going to take 
take over the show with a guest of her choice that she has already mentioned in the earlier parts of the conversation. Professor Carol Ann Ben, the conversation is Helen Joseph Breast Care Centre, a conversation. Those of you who can relate with cancer, breast cancer in particular, because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we would especially encourage you to participate. 891 that's the number to call. WhatsApp voice notes, 0614-104-107. Let us be on our best behaviour. The guests don't know the rules. You do. Let's keep to them and we'll have a great show after the break.